for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Well, the Atlanta Falcons waited until Monday, 12.01 a.m. Eastern. The announcement went out. The Falcons have dismissed Arthur Smith as the team's head coach following a meeting tonight in Atlanta with owner and chairman Arthur Blank and the team's CEO, Rich McKay. Wow. Terry Fontenot, the GM, is staying. The point I made standing right there last night, how high up the ladder will the changes go? Right. There was a sense that after 7-10, 7-10, 7-10, time for a new coach. Same GM. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that the GM and the coach need to have equal accountability. If one goes, both go. Yeah. Because you can never – I think if you want to have a properly functioning organization, you can't have a situation where Terry Fontenot thinks, you know what, if I blame this on him, I might stay. And then the coach thinks, you know what, if I blame it on talent, I might stay. And we talked about it. Who's responsible for Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Whoever's responsible for Desmond Ritter should not be there. That's the big It was an problem. experiment. Right. It failed badly. Right. And that should be, if you're looking for and if it's a close call, right. the reason why yeah. someone should go, whoever said, I want Desmond Ritter, is the one who should be accountable. If anyone, I think it's everyone or no one. Yeah, I got you And there. it just creates, it creates a mess. And I've already heard some talk that they're interested in Bill Belichick. Well, if you want Belichick, you better clear the decks. You better clear the decks and be ready to give Belichick everything because he's not going to go work with Terry Fontenot as GM. He's not going to want to work with anybody mm-hmm. as a GM. He's especially gonna not going to work with somebody guys. he doesn't know. Yeah, he he's going to want one of his own right. guys. Right. I'll work with the GM, fine. Right. Bring back Scott Piola. Yeah, right. Go get Nick Casario. Exactly. But, uh, it, but, but regardless, I always get nervous when you split the accountability. I'm not saying Terry Fontenot should be fired. Yeah. All I'm saying is it's a sign yeah. of a functional organization. Right. When the coach and the GM are truly tied at the hip, I, uh, and they're not here. Agreed. I mean, agree. I, I think, you know, and, and in most cases, I totally agree with you. Every now and then, right, right, like Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. The coaching wasn't the problem. The players on the field, the talent on the field was the problem. GM's got to go. Coach is good. Here. This is another one where, you know, I, I was a little surprised 
Again, Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons, they went 7-10 and 10 the two years previous to this, and they exceeded expectations. Nobody expected that. This was the first year they had expectations. I do think it comes back to the quarterback. And I have a feeling that the quarterback stuff, yeah, might have been the coach's fault. They were the ones, oh, we don't need a superstar. We can make it work with this guy. We'll make it work with this guy. That was the thing I heard constantly down there from people in the know around Atlanta was that, hey, we think Ritter has the right stuff to be something. And it sounded like it was coming from the coaches. So just to, again, I don't know this, connect dots, whatever. If you made me bet, I would bet that the quarterback and Desmond Ritter situation was a little bit more on the coaches than it was Terry Fontenot. Where I'll say I can understand them going, forget Arthur Smith, right, and let's fire him and keep Terry Vaughn. No, a little bit is because I go, I, I, I do think they're a pretty damn talented football team across the board. They got one of the better defenses they put together pretty damn well. One of the best offensive lines in football. They got Bijan Robinson, right? Drake London, Pitts. You know, been a lot of complaints down there that those two guys aren't used the proper way at all if times, right? So I think that's where the – and then Arthur Smith behind the podium and the way that he's so straightforward, the B. John Robinson right. illness and the way right. he talked there. There were some moments this year that certainly didn't look the best They on got Arthur in Smith. trouble over that. Right. And, and here, here's how it plays out. Arthur Smith during the games is down on the sidelines, obviously. Arthur Blank is up in the luxury suite with Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot. Terry Fontenot. Right. So as the – and I had a coach tell me one time that he visited the suite of an NBA owner during a game. Right. And he was horrified. And, and he's like, oh, my God, how, how, what do they say about me? <laughs> right. When, you, when you're up there to hear what's being said about the decisions being made by the coach and the things being said about the coach who's too far away to even begin to hear what's happening. Yeah, right. So, so it's very easy to make it a situation where Smith is out in Fontenot State. Yeah, sure. They're not using B. John Robinson. Right. Why isn't B. John Robinson being used? Yeah. Look at what happens when he is used. Right. Look at what he did yesterday when they give him the ball. Why isn't Arthur Smith giving him the ball? Yeah. What's going on? Why is Kyle Pitts MIA? They're going to have the eighth overall pick in the draft for the third straight year. Yeah. And you could argue Fontenot's done a good job. But again, I want to know who's responsible for Ritter. Yeah. Because that's where this went off the rails. There were other options. They could have Baker Mayfield, the yeah. guy who came in and won the division on a $4 million base contract. They gave Taylor Heineke more gross dollars, multiple yeah, years, but right. more gross dollars than what it got to, to, to get Baker Mayfield. So I, I just I, – and I go, I go all the way. I mean, look, at some point, at some, Rich McKay's got a pretty good gig. Rich McKay's got a pretty good gig because Rich McKay never gets fired. Well, yeah. Rich McKay – He can be the one in the other booth going, what the hell is the GM yeah. thinking and the coach but, thinking? But <laughs> if you find one of these jobs – folks, hey, kids, if you're out there and you want to get involved in football, let me tell you, the best job to get is the person who is basically the conduit between the owner and football operations because when things go well, you're part – Yeah. You're, you're one right. of the heroes. No doubt. When things go poorly – yeah. Don't blame me. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm not in football operations. Right. And a lot of teams have someone like that. And and so you, you avoid ever having the hammer fall. I mean, he avoided it when it was Dimitrov out a couple of years ago. He's avoided it now. And, uh, and I think it comes down to the owner's insecurities. 
they aren't capable of figuring st- stuff out on their yeah. own, so they need someone that they can trust right. who knows it better than they do, right. and they need that guy around. How am I ever going to run this team without Rich McKay around? Yeah, right. That's why Rich McKay is still there. Yeah. One of the reasons why he's still there. No, I, I think it's a very real dynamic, and you explained it pretty pretty perfectly, really. It, it, it is the way it goes down in the NFL. and Yeah, I mean, gosh, if I was ever to work in an NFL front office, that's the gig I'd want, too. The spotlight's not on you there. You're kind of Tom the guy. LeWand, Tom Lewan milked that cow for like 20 years. In <laughs> right, yeah, right. And they were ass right, the right, whole time. Right. I know. But I do think your point is the point. Desmond Ritter is the part or the reason that this all fell apart. They're a playoff caliber football team. They lost three or four games this year solely because of the quarterback play. You could blame yesterday. The game was 17-all. The third quarter started. Desmond Ritter threw one of the dumbest You're getting all excited, too. Yeah. It's like you had forgotten all the dumb stuff Desmond oh, Ritter had done. Oh, I know, because he was playing You're good. all excited. Yeah, you picked Falcons, the Falcons to I know. win. You, yeah. you, you, uh, did you pick the Saints? Yes. You did, right? So, yeah, this is one of our matchups. Uh, but, yeah, then it's, it's kind of like we saw with a lot of teams. Like, the microcosm of the whole year came true in the last week in a big moment, right? And I think we saw that with them. That Yeah, his play wasn't good enough, and then we saw the Saints start moving the ball and making big plays. But you can get into yesterday's New Orleans game. You could get into the Minnesota Vikings game that they lost early in the year when Jaron Hall started, and it was Josh Dobbs playing for the first three days of his life with Minnesota. The Tennessee Titans game they lost. The Commanders game they lost. There's four games. Oh, the Panthers game where they were field goal and the game's over. And he throws an interception to the four people just three weeks ago on December 17th. So there's four games for sure that I would, and I'm not one to blame the quarterback, but I would blame him there because these were like, oh my gosh, those are such like, crazy, I can't even comprehend what you're thinking or looking at mistakes that, yeah, it, it's hard not to put the blame on the quarterback in that situation. So we've got vacancies now with the Falcons, with the Panthers, with the Chargers, and with the Raiders. Right. Is that all of them so far? Four so far? I think so. Only four right. out of 32. There are other hot spots to keep an eye on. We don't know how it's all going to play out. But but the one that it is going to dominate the, the, everyone's attention and focus this week is that uh, the Patriots are expected to move. Oh, on. just that guy that's Belichick. the greatest yeah, coach, the, guy, in the, the greatest coach of all time. Just that guy. Now, now, look, I've been using the skydiving metaphor that will Robert Kraft eventually jump out of the plane? Oh, yeah. And is there a way that Robert Kraft could go in and say, "Here's my plan. Yeah, here's what I want to do." I suppose there, in theory, is a way that he can convince Robert Kraft that he's willing to embrace change, that he's willing to do what needs to be done, that it's a compelling plan that makes him say, hmm, because the coaching ability, undeniable. Yeah. They love what he can do as a coach. Of course. The problem is they feel like they have a 70s, 80s, 90s football operation. Yeah, manager, right. That's what I said on the show last night, right? I was like, it's the managerial right. stuff that bothers me with Belichick. Too resistant to late. change. Right. Doesn't trust people. You've right. lived in that bubble. Oh, I he doesn't know. trust anybody. Doesn't trust it's anybody. one of the reasons why two of his kids work there. Yeah. Who can you trust if you right. can't trust your own kids? Right. Right? Unless it's succession or something like that. <laughs> but so so that's – and, and like the world has passed him by – on things unrelated to what he does best. The X's and O's, But on right. the things he does best, yeah. he's as good as anyone who's ever lived, if right. not better. Right. And he still wants to do that, yeah. and he loves that part right. of it. So 
This is still a challenge. And Belichick met with reporters this morning. He said, I'm under contract. I'm going to do what I always do. When he says, I'm under contract, that underscores there ain't going to be no trade. I uh, said that last time. There the code, is not going to be a trade. Code word that's code trade, for right. pay yeah. me or fire me. Right. But I'm not playing your little game right. where you try to go get, if you don't want me here, I'm not playing along with this effort for you to go get a first-round pick for me. No. You pay me. F you pay me right. or F you fire me, you're not going to trade me. I'm not playing that game. And, and I think that they know that. They're smart enough to know that however this thing disengages, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. And I also think that part of the, the tug-of-war here is do they have to fire him right. and owe him because you know the game that Belichick plays. They've gotten in issues with it, like with Brett Bielema. Yeah. Somebody's got a big buyout, and they pay the guy peanuts and stick the other team right. or the other college right. for the balance. I think there's a concern that he'll go somewhere and get peanuts for 2024 and stick Robert Kraft for the balance. I think the best outcome, and I've said this all along, just part ways, yeah. rip up the contract, no further obligation, Whatever you get financially is coming from the new team. We don't owe you anything. You don't owe us anything. No draft picks. No, just boom, over, done. We go our separate ways. I think they'd like to do that. Yeah. I don't know that. Right. I think they'd like to do that. But Belichick, Belichick can just say, I don't want to go. I'm not leaving. If you want me to go, you have rights under the contract to tell me to go, and I have rights under the contract yeah. if you tell me to go. Yeah, I mean, Belichick's going to play hardball. That's for sure. He's going to do it the way he deems most necessary to – uh, put him in a successful position for for his next move. I, this is and this feels inevitable, right? I mean, again, I know you know people. I know people in football. It it certainly seems like there's no way Belichick's back. No way. He's planning his next move as we speak. I don't believe him any anything he's saying as far as I'm doing what I'm always doing, and it's way too early. Yeah, it might be too early to figure out exactly where he's going to be the head coach, but it's not too early to think that he's not going to be the head coach of the New England Patriots. I think that's a foregone conclusion at, the, at this point, right? And um, it, it feels like it's time anyways. You know, I, it does. It feels like, hey, it's, it's a little bit like maybe even the Brady thing. It's just, hey, at the time it comes to the end, we got to both go our separate ways. We need a new you know, new energy, a new little motivation in life to, to kind of spark this. And we've been there, done that here with this organization. So we'll see where it goes. Belichick, I mean, for my money, is the greatest coach in all sports in the history of American sports. That's how highly I think of him. I will say, too, on top of this, I'm a little disappointed in yesterday. I'm disappointed in the Patriot fans and a little bit. That was a pretty pretty blah send off oh, for the God. greatest coach ever. That was. I just thought that I mean, this would be the Patriot. The players go out there and kick ass. I, it and, was pretty blah, and it was a snow game. Yeah. How many times we get a snow game? And it's funny. Ezekiel Elliott said right. after the game, "I grew up my whole life wanting to play in a snow oh, game, and now I did, and one. it sucked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're only good if it's really important and you feel like you're playing for something. Yeah. If you're playing for nothing, it, just, it gets cold in a hurry, and then you start to go, "Damn, it hurts getting hit like this," and you lose that emotion. But, but uh, yeah, it, it'd be it, interesting. I thought it was going to be an appropriate send off. Right. I thought the I, stadium would be packed still yeah. just to send him off that way. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a little lackluster. And I think probably, yes, the record and, and the weather being the ultimate factor that, that hurt that. But that's what happens when it's been this kind of slow decline where, you know, it wasn't just one bad season. And, and again, 
This went off the rails last year. Yeah, right. When That's where he it gets like the idea to make Matt Patricia his offensive coordinator. And we said on this show, if any other coach was doing this, the reaction would be, have you lost your mind? Right. You, that's just not how it works. You don't take a guy who has spent his whole career on the defensive side of the ball and just flip it around and say, oh, go be the offensive coordinator. It's too specialized. It's too intense on what, what is required to be a good defensive coordinator versus what's required to be a good offensive Definitely. coordinator. Definitely. So that's where I think the, the, it ended. Yeah, it's like and this, dr- is just, this is just the detail as to when it's yes. actually going to end. I, the, it, as I said last night, as I said a minute ago, yeah, the managerial stuff is the things you question. There's no doubt about it. I think that's what you look at. He could still coach football at X's and O's. But to your point, offense and defensive coach, yeah, could either one of those guys – teach the other to a degree sure a little bit can a guitarist you know play the drums a little bit in the band probably can the the drummer play the guitar a little bit yeah but to the quality to where we're gonna pay pay you know pay big money to go watch them not play the positions they're intended or or, uh you know instruments they're intended to play and a lot of money i'm gonna pay for that absolutely not i mean between that that was one of the craziest things we've seen in football from any coach in the last decade that was crazy I mean, really, a special teams coach and a lifelong defensive coordinator called plays for a team that was like the most unbelievable offensive system, uh, just inevitable force for 20 years with Tom Brady, and they went that route. The way the quarterback was handled this year, whether it was Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, all that, that was disastrous. And as we talk, I think there's some things on the roster that he hasn't evolved with as well and got out of that 80s, 90s mold that you were referring to. And I think some of that the is... The game has changed. The game has changed. Even if you're great Speed with the X's and O's. Right. is big, right? The rules change. Yes. It creates opportunities right. elsewhere to have different types of players. They have been very bad at drafting and developing receivers. Yeah. I don't know whether it's the drafting yeah. or the developing. It because it's I, a receiver league right now. Right, your and, point. And yeah. you you draft a guy, and you can't just get impatient with him and send him off the field. And yeah. part of that may have been Brady. Brady, you know, guys out here, you don't know what the hell he's doing. Get this guy the hell off the sure. field. Sure, yeah. So th- th- there there are real issues that he needs to address. But he's still a great coach. He is, and he still gets the team ready, and he's still got a future in the league. He was asked if he'd be willing to give up some personnel control in mm. New England. He said, "I'm for collectively what we decide as an organization is the best thing for the football team." And and look again, maybe he's going to make a vague gesture. To, you know, you know, like any time it feels like a relationship's going to fall apart, the side that wants to keep it going makes all sorts of concessions, right. and then once. The threat is neutralized. You just go back to doing exactly what you were. So I just I feel like at this point, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's going to be very hard yeah. to convince ownership that he's willing to change and will do it, not just window dressing. And right. I don't I don't know that is he the type that would ever grovel and beg and say, I really want to stay here. I really want to keep this job. Will you please, here, here, here's what I'll do. I'll do this. Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? I just, he's not the type to do that. I don't that. think he is either. I, I, I just think it's a matter of time. Right. They sit down and meet, and the end result is we move on. And it's either going to be firing or a mutual parting. Again, it's still, there's a thin, slim possibility, but it just isn't practical, just like trading him. Thin, slim possibility, it just isn't practical it, because of who he is, how he's wired, and, and I think he made it clear today. 
I'm here until you tell me to leave. That's and right. if you tell me to leave, I'm going to walk out the door with 20 to 25 million in financial obligation for 2024. Yeah, no, I, I, I expect a mutual parting ways press conference sure release. Mutual. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I don't remember when you, you think remember the, when Patriots the 49ers look like they want to, like they, they want to, they, they want, want to make it look mutual. Right. And he, remember well, the 49ers oh, did it won't. with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Your new friend. Right. They called it mutual parting. Right. And when they talked to Jim Harbaugh, he said, it was mutual parting. They fired me. <laughs> that may be exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. We'll see where that goes. Delicate situation. Certainly either way, it's the greatest run we've ever seen any team ever have. And it's because of him. It's the, the Dark Lord, right? You can, you, you're Dr. Doom. That was Darth Vader. He went off the field. And Darth Vader well for fat, himself. Yeah. Darth Vader. Sometimes Darth Vader wins. Hey, Darth Vader had a damn big spaceship. I don't know. He seemed <laughs> like he was doing all right. I don't know. That thing was big. He, he might have had those, that owner money, that gold, gold-encrusted <laughs> damn toilet and stuff. But I did get a kick yesterday out of Belichick going off as Darth Vader, too, right? I mean, there are two hoodies on. The mask pulled up to his eyes. I was just like, uh, you, you couldn't make it up. This is Bill Belichick. He's not looking for attention. He doesn't want extra attention on him. You can't even see it's him. No, you have no idea. You just know it's him by the way he's walking and and the manner. Hey, look who got the hug. Look who got the big yeah, hug. Well, this is Robert Sala got the perfunctory thing. They get the, there's the big uh, hug yeah. there. Well, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is thinking, you know what? Maybe Woody would. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be something. That would definitely generate oh, plenty of traffic at ProFootballTalk.com if Bill Belichick finally became HC of the NYJ. Let's uh, let's take a break. The Cowboys did a little TCB yesterday. They're the two seed. And and uh, and oh, by the way, there was a little comment made last night by Jerry Jones oh, that we need to talk I about that. as well. Yeah, all right. So, all right. We'll talk Cowboys next here. How about them Cowboys on PFT Live? Yeehaw! Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How about them Cowboys indeed? They win the NFC East. 15 straight seasons in that division. 19. Without, 19. 19. Come on. Jeez. Jeez. Glad I don't have my eye test for my driver's <laughs> license today. 19 straight seasons without a repeat champion. Pretty incredible. Unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. They went from 7% likely to win the division 
and the Eagles were 93%. Am I reading Let those numbers You're correctly? good so far. Right. Keep it going there. That was as of week 13, right? Week Let me know 13. if you need your bifocals. All right, and the Cowboys 8-0 at home, 16-game home winning streak. There we streak. go. One more The Eagles line. lost 5 out of 6. There we go. And it should have been 7 out of 8. Yeah, that's they right. They should have lost to the Chiefs. Right. They should have lost to the Bills. They have fallen Oh, my apart. gosh. And Jay Glazer said on the Fox pregame show that A.J. Brown convened a team meeting last week and said we need to start believing in our coaches, which has a very strong negative implication. They haven't been believing in their coaches. This year is a horrible look for Nick Sirianni. He's been exposed without Shane Steichen. He hasn't rebounded from the loss of Jonathan Gannon. And I think he is, as we start thinking about next year, and it's not too soon to think about next year's hot seat, Nick Sirianni is damn close to the hot seat next year. Because we know from experience, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't screw around. No, Harry Roseman doesn't screw around. Harry Roseman has consolidated the power there. Right. And he has survived. He's kind of like Rich McKay plus. <laughs> He's still in the football operation, but Jeffrey Lurie is so comfortable with him because Lurie is low-key, spoon-in-the-stew, yeah. watching film, right. doing stuff that you wouldn't expect an owner to do, yeah. and how he lets him do it. Right. So Howie's got a ton of job security there, and they, they didn't hesitate to throw Doug Peterson overboard. If, if they're not getting to where they want to be, and you said it yourself, they were the most talented team in the NFL last year, didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. They're one of the most talented teams this year, and they're limping, into the, limping right. into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. 10-1, and one, we threw up warning signs when they were 10-1. and one. I certainly didn't expect the warning signs to be like, you know, w- what they are, though. I didn't think it was going to be, let's fall, or they're going to fall apart at the end of the regular season. I mean, they went from 10-1, and incredible, best team in football, to we're going to the playoffs. And I don't don't say this to be disrespectful or anything. They're playing like one of the five or six worst teams in football. I I mean, right now. If they had started like this, we'd be like, they're horrible. This is horrible. I mean, it's horrible. You you, you go from six to seven weeks ago, and you look at their stats, team, individuals, everything. It's a disaster. I mean, they're, they're in the bottom four or five in every statistical category for about the last seven or eight weeks. Remarkable. But I would agree with you. When your team's that talented and you're clearly the most talented team last year and don't win the Super Bowl, and then, of course, you have this year where you're definitely one of the two or three most talented football teams, and here you are early January and you're nowhere near that, let alone we've seen you know, a bunch of other issues along in, uh, in the organization. Yeah, it's not a great look for them. The next year will be a big year. We'll see. Can they salvage something in the playoffs? It certainly doesn't look like it. I wouldn't be shocked if they're one and done, even though they are more talented than Tampa. Uh, I'm going to take some thinking to see who I'm going to pick in that one. And this is one I wish we could wait until Monday. Yeah. Here's why. They will know on Monday night. They oh, play right. the last game of the weekend. They will know what their reward is for winning. Yeah. Do they go to San Francisco? Do they go to Dallas? Right. Do they go to Detroit? They can go to any of those three places based upon what happens in the other games. If they know they're going to San Francisco, yeah. I am far more likely to pick them to lose to Tampa Bay. And I go back to something the late Demarius Thomas told us on this show at the Super Bowl, the year of Deflategate. Right. Because that was the year the Broncos were hosting the Colts in the divisional round. The winner goes to New England. And Demarius Thomas said, we had guys on the team who did not want to go to New England the next week because they knew what was waiting for them. So what happened? They lost to the Colts. Colts went. It was Deflategate. Yada, yada, yada. Patriots beat the Seahawks Super Bowl 49. So 
if it's articulated or if it's just something that's just kind of there. If the Eagles know they're going to San Francisco, like we're going to fly away. We're going to fly home from Tampa. We're yeah. going to fly out next week into San Francisco. They right. beat us 42-19 to 19 at home. And that was back when we were good. Like, I, it's just a lot for them to process. We talked about it with the Dolphins. How do you dig out on the fly this late in the year? Yeah. And for the Eagles, it just it's keeps going yeah. down and right. down and down. And right. now they have injuries on top of it. Jalen Hurts had his finger pop out. Yeah. He's day-to-day, he said. A.J. Brown left with a knee injury in the first quarter. We don't know his status. Sidney Brown is believed to have a torn ACL. Mm. All from yesterday's game. It's going to make it harder to go to Tampa Bay and beat a Buccaneers team that is beatable. We just saw them lose at home to the Saints eight days ago. The Eagles could win, but are you prolonging the agony? They were on the right side of a blowout in the divisional round last year. They saw what it did to the Giants. Again, is it better to just fold your tents? And, and I know they're playing for pride, and but at some level, when you know that potentially a trip to San Francisco is awaiting you, I think that would be a factor. I just wish we didn't have to pick that game until Monday. Maybe we can work something out where we don't pick that game until next Monday. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll All see. Right. I, I, but it might be cheating. Maybe, we, like, maybe we'll – It's not cheating. They expect us to have every game for the weekend picked on Thursday right, right. or Friday. Yeah. I mean, why? Why? Yeah. Why, do, why do we have All to pick right. them I'll that early? I'll let you change it if you want. No, I'm just, I'll take it under advisement. Okay, okay. I would just like to wait until Monday to, they to seem, make the They pick. seem like a beaten-down puppy right now that was like, oh, my gosh, can we find a bone anywhere? Can somebody throw me a treat? Somebody like anything, they I mean, can't look, get anything going in the right week, direction. We saw with Nick Sirianni with a hostage video when he's talking about AJ Brown. Like they've lost their swagger they and they totally have, have no idea how to get it back. No, they don't. And then you know the defense is getting destroyed. Right? I mean, yesterday the Giants, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they were going up and down the field. Wandell Robinson, D- Darius Slayton. You know. Barkley in the pass game. I mean, the Giants, it, it was a whooping. Like, it was a whooping. It wasn't like, oh, man, you know, they found a way and got a little lucky. It was like, wait, there's Wandale Robinson, the first, like one of the first plays of the Giants' offensive game. He's wide open. Nobody's covering him. Oh, hey, here goes. Oh, I never heard of this guy. Oh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, that's right. He's running a rail route down the sideline. Wide open. Don't tackle, right? Three guys here. Got a chance to, to make the tackle in the open field. Uh, nope, doesn't happen. People grabbing. Nobody wants to lower the shoulder. A little bit like we talked about with the Miami Dolphins a minute ago. Just a, a lack of like just giving it all you got right now in Philadelphia. You know, no pressure on the quarterback. Another guy uncovered in the flat. You know, Jalen Hurts can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. He's throwing the ball bad. Oops. He's you know he's. I think pressing too on top of that and trying to make a play. So that's leading to more bad habits. But you know, that was a game yesterday where, you know, I know the Eagles, like it wasn't do or die, but they were playing for still maybe a two seed, right? They could have looked up yesterday and gone, wait, oh, oh the Cowboys are, the Cowboys are, are losing right now. Oh, well, we got a chance here. And it just continued the Giants' butt whooping on the Eagles. And there was no chance until where the, the Eagles basically threw in the white towel and said, forget it. We'll see you next week. We're getting beat up. We're not coming back today. And um, it's a, a one of the fastest falls I've ever seen for a ta- team this talented uh, happen like this late in the year. It's, it's really kind of shocking. They're the same as the Jaguars, except they still got in. Yeah. And the Jaguars actually right now are probably playing better than the Eagles. <laughs> And the Jaguars didn't get in. Yeah. The Eagles yeah. are as sluggish 
and lost. They're just lost of a team as I can ever remember entering the postseason. Does that mean they can't find it between now and next Monday? No, they get a little extra time. They yeah. get an extra day. Sure. Maybe they can figure something out. Big Dom's going to be back. Big Dom's going to be on the sideline. Maybe that's what they've been missing. Right. He's the guy that's been gone ever since this all started. Maybe the the reintegration of Big Dom is going to kick things up, but something's got to happen. Something's got to give to get this team to win. And, you know, I think it's important for Nick Sirianni – and his future, and yeah. whether or not he is on the hot seat next year, right. to not lose this game. Yeah, I hear you. It, I, I hear you. It certainly would smooth things over a little bit, gives a little bit more of a positive feeling going into the offseason. What about Belichick in but, Philadelphia yeah, next year? I mean, you know, I, I know. I hear it. I wouldn't do anything. I would still stay the course. They've been special. What about Belichick in all Philadelphia right? next I, year? I mean, listen, I, about I hear that at all? I have not. I have okay. not. That's why I'm trying to – but right now I'm trying to squash I'm it. I'm not trying to get guys fired. But, look, it yeah. goes with the territory. It's one of the reasons they make so much money, and every coach is either going to be fired yeah. or has been fired. Very rarely, as we've seen with Bill Belichick, do you get a chance to write your own book as a coach. It's just – it's part of the gig. It's part of the job. And I know it upends families – but it's, it, it, that is part of it. Like, never unpack your boxes. You're never going to live anywhere for very long. And if you do, that's rare. You're moving around from place to place. You get fired. You get hired. You have a network of friends and associates. That's the, that's the way it works. And, that's, and when you've got one of the great coaches of all time in any sport who is suddenly available, you're not doing your job. I mean, all these teams think strategically. You're not thinking strategically if you don't at least stop and say, hmm. What would that mean to I us? I hear you. I hear had him. I hear it. Would, would, you know, just hypothetically, is Howie Roseman going to love Belichick coming to town? I don't know. He's a damn good GM right now. I would let him certainly set the table there. Don't let him set the back, get in the back seat to Belichick in that department. But I hear what you're saying. I understand it. I still think, hey, Nick Sirianni. This is three years in a row. He's taking the football team to the playoffs. You know, Jalen Hurts. There was questions about could he even be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, last offseason was the only season they didn't try to replace Jalen Hurts. I'd like to remind everybody of that. All the, the, the two offseasons before that, they were not sold he was the guy. Sirianni helped him build to that. Losing Shane Sykin, you can't forget about that. He's a special offensive coach. And then, you know, the defensive coordinator issue, Gannon screwing them over, telling him he's going to stay, and, you know, Fangio goes to the Dolphins, and then Gannon leaves a few days later. That kind of left him high and dry. They had some issues there, uh, you know. And, and, of course, I think, you know, again, Super Bowl, hangover, whatever. It didn't show that they were not playing their best football, even when they were 10-1, and one, and they started to play some real opponents, and they started to kind of crack the code on the, the Philadelphia. By the way, two more jobs just opened okay, up. Damn. Two. Not two. one, but okay. two. Washington Commanders. Yes. Right. And Panthers GM, Scott what? Fitterer. Whoa. So. And all he did was stand there and right. watch David Tepper throw his drink on somebody, and his reward is he gets fired. Damn, now he probably wishes he would have done more. I right. should have put the owner in a headlock. How dare you do that to the public? <laughs> but uh, we expected Rivera to be gone. He expected it. Yes. It's, it's you get a new owner, you get a new a new everything. Right. And I think Martin Mayhew is going to be next. I won't be surprised if Jason Wright's gone. Maybe they find another job for him in the organization. I don't yeah, know. Right. But as I said last night, standing right there, Josh Harris is enamored with Bill Belichick as a coach. Not as throw him the keys. But if you have to throw him the keys to get him, do you throw him the keys? Yeah. Are you, are you more content to have Bill Belichick with the keys than no Bill Belichick at all? I hear you. So 
we, we expected it. And I, I love Ron Rivera, but we felt this coming. And one of the things they decided to do Belichick was not to, fire uh, Rivera during the season. Yeah, yeah, right. They wanted to give him the benefit of finishing out the year. Yeah. They thought that that was a sign of respect to him, but here we are. It's not even 8.30 a.m. in the East and Ron Rivera's out. No, and, and I don't think they wanted to be cornered with Eric Bieniemy taking over, and if that worked out, they're going to have to keep him or you know, even maybe looking like the bad guy and not keeping him if things worked out okay. I don't think they wanted to be put in that corner or that situation. You know, I know we're, we want to talk about some other games here. Last thing I'll say, too, is well, we can take a break and okay. regroup. Belichick needs to be choosy here. Yeah, right. I don't know if Washington would be the team I'd go. Yeah, Bill, go to Washington. Their offensive line sucks. They need a quarterback that you got to draft, and you know you have to deal with that again and a young quarterback. You know, and then, of course the defense. Yeah, there's no more you know Chase Young, right? There's no more Montez Sweat. You got some work to do. I don't look at that as being the place that would be. Again, Belichick. If he really, I know he just wants to win and be successful and all that too, but I do think about the Brady factor. People are all, everybody's trying to throw in, oh, look at Brady did when he left. Now Belichick's falling apart. That's it must have been all Brady. Exactly. Right? Here's his chance to maybe like, oh, hey, if I get to pick my team here and it's all set up, let's see what I can do with it. And that could maybe squash some of those rumors, but I do think he's got to be careful. Who about would what you he picks. pick? Who would you pick? Um, oh, as far as the ones that are available. If you were Belichick, who would you pick? Wow. Uh, mm, um, let me think about that real quick. So, I mean, out of the ones we got available right now, we got, of course, Washington, Atlanta, Carolina. I would say no to that, and I would say no to Washington. Atlanta, I would think about. Atlanta, would be, I would be going, man, a lot of the team and the way Bill Belichick, it's built like a Mike Vrabel type of team, how Arthur Smith and them have done it, Terry Fontenot. That, like, I don't think is crazy, right? You know, I mean, again, the Chargers have some pieces there that are certainly, you go, whoa, okay. I don't, the hard part's kind of done. Now I just got to find the finishing touches. You know, those are some, and then we'll see what else comes available. That's the key. Right. And I know that the Patriots, as they ponder jumping out of the airplane, they're thinking that one of the teams that loses in the playoffs yeah. is going to say, we've got the roster. We just need the coach. Right. And that puts Belichick in a better position to have an impact right away. Yeah, right. To be what Tom Brady became right away. I wouldn't want him to go rebuild something, right? right? Because you're like, in three years, he might leave and retire. Well, He's going to be 74. If you have concerns about his personnel his evaluation, put him right. in a position where he doesn't need to evaluate exactly. the personnel. He's right. got the personnel and he can win. Right. By the way, one last thing, too. Yeah. And we did mention Scott Fitterer fired by the Panthers. That's really not a surprise. And he probably is happy to get the hell out of there. <laughs> what we've learned about David Tepper this year. This comes from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media. The Commanders are hiring two-time NBA Executive of the Year Bob Myers from the Golden State Warriors to help run their franchise in Washington. I don't know Why what that means. Why is football the only sport in the world where, for some reason, people outside of the business are hired to do stuff all the time? Yeah, how many football executives get hired by baseball teams or basketball teams? Does that, that ever happen? What, 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 is, what is, like, are, are NFL owners gullible? Like, the Tooth Fairy's not real NFL owners. I don't know, what, <laughs> what, what, what the fuck are you guys thinking? <laughs> oh, there we go. Right? Uh, 8.28 a.m., mark that cow. one. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but... As you're looking for reasons to believe or not believe in Josh Harris, this yeah. is just one of those outside the box. There's a fine line between outside the box and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. This is outside the box minimum to, to bring in a guy who is a basketball executive I don't get it. to help you run a football team. Right. What is, what's transferable? 
right? Steph Curry ain't coming to play quarterback no. for the Washington Commanders. No. All right, let's take a break. We're going to regroup and figure out what to discuss next here on this Monday edition of PFT Live. All right, the NFC playoff field set. We talked a little bit about the Eagles. We'll talk about the Rams and Lions coming up, but the Packers and the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy will see the team that he took to a Super Bowl win at AT&T Stadium. Right. right. Took out the team 2010. to Dallas a few times and pulled off some That's unbelievable right. playoff upsets. That, that, that throw by Aaron Rodgers right. to Jared Cook On the when the Cowboys were in position to get back to the NFC Championship. So things could get derailed for the Cowboys right out of the gates in the wild card round yeah. if the Packers can come to town and play the way they've been playing. And this is the thing. Long football season, teams improve, teams regress. Teams rarely stay the same. The Packers have sneakily become one of the best teams in football, yeah. just like the Eagles have become one of the worst. Right. The Packers have become one of the best. And if you get locked into the narrative of, oh, they're the Packers, it's post-Aaron Rodgers, they're not all that good, and you overlook them. Ah. And, and that's the thing. It's so funny, the, it's the, ironic. The danger for the Cowboys right. is to overlook the Packers and think we're just going to check this box and what's next for us. Yeah. Do we have the, the, uh, the Lions next? Do we have the Rams next? Do we have the Eagles next? What's next for us? And, and that's where it becomes very risky potentially for the Cowboys to not fully focus entirely, right. completely, and exclusively on – the uh, the task at hand with the yeah. Green Bay Packers. I think the only team they couldn't face in the divisional round would be the the sixth seed, the Rams. Right. So other than that, it's all wide open, and they won't face the 49ers, obviously, but just focus on the Packers. They're going to have their hands full with the Green Bay Packers. As good as they are at home, the Cowboys, they're still going to have their hands full with the Packers. They are. The Packers are scary. They are. They got, you know, first off, you brought up Aaron Rodgers. He, that probably hurt him a little yesterday. Watching, oh damn! My first year, the gone Green He's Bay. He's not petty like that. What? <laughs> yeah, whatever. He watched that and he was going, damn! My first He's year. He's bigger gone. than that. They went right You're to the playoffs. You're better than that. Right to the playoffs. Jimmy Kimmel wouldn't do that. <laughs> You're funny. Um, but you're right about like Green Bay in a lot of ways. Green Bay was leading us down that path, right? And then they played that horrible game on Monday night against the New York Giants, and we're like, what the hell? They just looked so good the last three or four weeks. What to think of them? And then they kind of played a stinker against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, and you were like, wow, I, I guess you know the positive things we had seen on Thanksgiving against the Lions, beating the Chiefs, I guess it's not real. But they've righted the ship here the last three weeks, and to your point, they are scary. You know, one, Jordan Love, is he's got his, he's got his groove back. He was on his back foot flicking the ball around. There's one he stepped into a little bit. He kind of falls off a little bit, but he played well yesterday. And Green Bay has been running the ball lately. Green Bay has a good O-line. Aaron Jones is 300, you know, 100 yards, three, three games in a row. We've talked about Dallas. When they have to play teams that, oh, no, they're big up front, they can run on us. That's a problem for Dallas. They have issues with that. And then what's that lead to? Okay, we got to put more people in the box. They like to play man-to-man anyways. And then you're going to play man-to-man. Again, if Christian Watson's back this week, you play man-to-man against this group here. You know, Watson, Dobbs, uh, Wicks, as we saw, Jaden Reed, one of the best rookie receivers in football. The tight ends can run. Aaron Jones can run out of the backfield catching the ball. Like, I'm with you. It is dangerous. They better be on their game here. 
And the you know, hopefully the Cowboys have, have learned not to be asleep or, or take anything for granted here in these these wild card rounds. And and when Jerry Jones was asked after the game about the future of Coach Mike McCarthy, point blank, gosh, point blank, asked about Mike McCarthy's future based upon this postseason, and this came from Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Jerry Jones said, "We'll see how each game goes." Why does he say that? Let me just say that. Like, I mean, I know why he says it, but do you think there's positive to that? Do you think, like, if it, like if Mike it McCarthy's Stokes like, McCarthy? That's what I mean. Is that what he's doing there? I mean, to me, again, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing for your team to hear right. as a message going in, like, to the playoffs. Hey, guys, like, we're all in. Our coach, let's follow our leader. But if we don't play good, he won't be our leader. And there's going to be somebody else. Like, I don't, that's not the vibe I think you should be creating for your football and team right now. And you can't be doing lie. it to send a you message lie to all Belichick. The time. Right. Just lie. You, you can send a message to Belichick without saying it publicly. Exactly right. If you want Belichick to not make number. any rash moves, yeah, <laughs> right. he's got a way to make sure Belichick knows. Maybe you wait until after the divisional round before you pick a team because maybe I have something for you here. And, and people in and around New England are thinking the Cowboys are a potential destination. As crazy as it sounds on the surface, yeah. when you start thinking about it and talking about it, it's not that crazy. Well, that would be one of those teams, if you asked me where would Belichick go, that would be, that would be they it. Got, hey, they got set up. Lawrence Taylor and Micah Parsons. <laughs> right. Not quite Lawrence Taylor, but, but pretty damn close closest thing, thing the seen. NFL currently yeah, has. Right, that's right. And you got a quarterback. Yeah. You got receivers. Yeah. You got a team there. Yeah, no doubt about it. I hear you. It'll be, be a fun matchup. It really will. With the, with the storylines on top of it, you know, yeah, Dallas lost a, a game they shouldn't have lost in the divisional round a few years ago, being a better team than Green Bay, but Rodgers came in and made magic. Hey, what they did to the Bears, the Bears defense, you know I've been riding that Bears football team lately. I love them. I haven't seen anybody do that to the Bears defense in the last six or seven weeks. They've been shut down, I mean, shut down defense. And yesterday, the Packers moved the ball up and down the field on the Chicago Bears. So that was an impressive win for a team that was, you know, didn't look like they packed it in and was still playing pretty hard in, in Chicago. What does Matt LaFleur have to do to get any discussion, right? any, any consideration as right? coach of the year, right? or just even one of the three on the ballot? Yeah. Because Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryans, one, two, two, one, and I'm searching for number three on the ballot. There's a lot of guys you could put in three, but, but he deserves but Matt to be LaFleur, right up there. If we're, if we're talking about exceeding expectations, yeah. him, first, McVay. First year post Aaron Rodgers, yeah. breaking in a new, new quarterback, quarterback in the shadow of Rodgers right. while he continues to loom over the entire sport yeah. and show up every week saying whatever it is that he says. Yeah. That's, what they've done is, is, is very impressive in Green Bay, and they can make it even more impressive this weekend if they would somehow knock off the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Let's take a break. When we return, some love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have won the NFC South three years in a row, and they get the Eagles on Monday night. We'll talk about them next year on PFT Live. Some personal redemption to come back here and win an NFC South title here on this field. Uh, yeah. I mean, this room we're standing in right now was kind of where I found out that I wasn't going to be a part of the team anymore. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that bring me back here, but um, it's what happens when you go to a team within the division and you have memories of, of playing them or playing with them. And so, um, yeah, just – but yeah, keep it about us. It's I, – I, like I said, can't say enough about this team, the stuff that we've been through this year and uh, to handle it correctly and find a way to win five or six in, in the end uh, to get in the playoffs and win the division. 
Baker Mayfield hurts is the appropriate name behind him because he is hurting right now. He's got the rib injury. He had an ankle or something yesterday. It looked like he might be out of the game. He comes back. He keeps going. And I don't think that the Panthers got rid of him. I think I thought he wanted out. Well, yeah, it was, it was a, a disaster. It was, they, well, it was a disaster, you know. But you know, I think they went with Sam Darnold. Then they went to um, Philip Walker. Yes. And I think he was like, "What the hell?" What, so that was enough yeah. of a sign to go. You don't, what, you don't want me. Whatever you can to do to motivate me, yourself, too. right? You don't. Now they need me. a lot of motivation to beat hey, the Panthers. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they leave the gods of the sport. Their teams go to the playoffs. Build a team. See what happens. Yeah. Stop yeah, being right. all about the quarterback all the and, time. And Baker Mayfield was just floating around for anybody who wanted. That's him. right. Four million dollars wasn't horrible. He was on crappy teams. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, look at him. Good for him in the playoffs. Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles. Right. Two years in a row. Let's salvage the end of the season. Like, I mean, the, oh. I'm excited for them. They've hey. got some personalities I like and want to root for. They got off to a good start. They hit a rough spot, right. and it was looking like Bowles was going to be one of the guys who ends yeah. up out of a job today right. because we know how the Glazers can be very sudden and abrupt when they decide to move on. And there was talk about maybe them being smitten with the idea of bringing Belichick to Tampa to fill that stadium. They have a hard time filling that stadium. Yeah. Even when – they no. win the division. They're no, gonna have, they I mean, they may have a hard time on Monday night. As I, as I always say, they have a great fan base down there. It's great. They don't have a lot of big money people down there. So that's where it's a little different, right? You know, you come up here to New York City, right? You can just go down the street I live in, and there's, there's just, you know, millionaires everywhere. People with, oh, I got my seventh Ferrari in the driveway. Some of the big cities have that luxury. So, yeah, season tickets. Like the Patriots game was sold out yesterday, right? Boston. But there was only half the stadium filled, but it doesn't matter. There's so many rich people in Boston. They go, ah, we don't care about that. $4,000 you spent on that game. We won't show up. That doesn't go on in Tampa. It's a working class crowd. It's more of a middle class crowd. So it's a great fan base. They just can't always pay NFL ticket prices all the time. Yeah, but uh, they're giving them a reason they to be are. excited. That's right. And I don't know how far the Bucks can go. We would have thought not long ago whoever wins the NFC South is destined to be one and done because it's either going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys. They're <laughs> right. going to make quick work of them. <laughs> right. Well, no, now no, you're going to have now. a lot of yeah. people who are behind the Buccaneers yeah. in this one on Monday night uh, because the Eagles are limping in, and we'll see. But the, the, we know the Bucks are capable of a stinker. We see a periodic stinker. Yesterday was stinkerish, and they still found a way to win. Yeah, yeah they 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 basically let the Panthers hang around long enough to take it. The Panthers just weren't capable of taking that, it. That, that's exa- I think that's the way to say it. I mean, again, the game is it's dicey. It's 0-0, zero, zero, right? You're going, oh, my gosh, is Tampa asleep at the wheel? Are they seriously going to lose at home to the Saints and then go lose in Carolina to the worst team in football and not get in the playoffs? I mean, you know the play of the day. The play of the day was made by the man, the myth, the legend, Antoine Winfield Jr., 0-0, zero, zero, early second quarter. Bryce Young scrambles. DJ Shark up the sideline. Touchdown. Dives in. We almost had Sim Jong-un, and it went into the end zone for a touchback. But no, it stayed in the field. Winfield. Was recovered. That's the way it should be. The defense earned possession. They recovered the ball. <laughs> well, they recovered it, but what a play by Antoine Winfield. Right? How does he not make the Pro Because Bowl? we got to stop fans voting. I love fans, and I know we need them, but I don't know if they should be allowed to vote on th- certain things like that. Well, of course, the Pro Bowl doesn't matter. Yeah. Once we accept the fact that the the Pro Bowl doesn't matter, well, then it doesn't matter if it's you get snubbed. It's going to look stupid when he's on the, the All-Pro The problem team, is, right, the problem is the Pro Bowl. people have incentives tied to Pro Bowl. Exactly. Maybe you shouldn't. That Maybe tie end. the incentives to All-Pro. The problem is the All-Pro team only goes 
too deep yeah. for the entire league. Really hard. It's easier to be a pro bowler, right. which makes it even more glaring when a guy who's going to be a first-team All-Pro yeah. doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, no, 100% there. Uh, but, but the best player on their, their team this year, I would say. Phenomenal. Right, and defensive I'm, player of the year. I mean, he hey, he's like all... like yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but like I'm not bad if he's in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, it was week after week. You know, we got a Devin McCourty who's a NFL safety. He's always every week, man. Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, he makes a lot of plays that I think even guys like you and me don't appreciate. A safety like Devin McCourty goes, wow, he's everywhere. Look at the coverage. Look at the tackles. Look at the blitzing. He does everything that way. They certainly can beat Philadelphia. We know that. That defense is reeling in Philly. They're going to be able to throw the ball on Philly. That should be fun. Uh, Their defense won the game for them yesterday, though. That's for sure. Their offense struggled. Not that I have a potential GM in training in my own house, but when the Vikings did not draft Antoine Winfield Jr., my son was pissed. I I hear you. He was my number one safety coming out that year, too. A little bit of a size concern. And for whatever how many reason, times, how many times do we have this little bit of a size concern and the guy ends up being like a Hall of Famer, like Aaron Donald? Yeah. A little bit of a size concern. Yeah, it, it John Randall, a little bit of a size concern. It happens a lot. Yeah. It, you know, at some other positions where you just go, wait, the guy can run, he can hit. Let's not, you know, over-evaluate it here. But, hey, the big thing of the day was that play right there by Antoine Winfield. There was another time the Panthers were in field goal range and Bryce Young took a big sack that knocked him out of field goal range. That cost him points. And then, of course, they were on fringe field goal range another time where uh, Tryon Chianco came around, strip-sacked uh, Bryce Young, and that kind of ended the football yeah. game. But ugly win by the Bucks, but good for them getting in the playoffs. And like you said, it's certainly a- available for them to win one. Quick break. Rams-Lions. We'll talk about them next here on PFT Live. Now, what'd you hit me for? You deserve it, Dick. Matthew Stafford. We'll be returning to Detroit. We were hoping for this one so badly. Oh, the football we gods came through. Well, Rams you, at the Lions. Gods. First playoff game ever at Ford Field. Matthew Stafford will be playing quarterback, but not for the Lions. Man. Rams are the sixth seed. Lions are the three seed. It all fell together when the Rams beat the 49ers yesterday. Puka Nakua sets the rookie records for receptions and yards. Bill Groman's name comes out of the record book. 1960 Houston Oilers. Unbelievable story that that lasted as long as it did. And and what's going to be overlooked in all this, because we're going to be so smitten with Stafford going back to Detroit, this is Jared Goff's chance yeah. to stick it to the guy. That's right. That rolled him out onto the curb like a trash can. Yeah, that's right. And it's going to be exciting. This, this is, you're right. We've all wished for this matchup right here, right? I think this one, Flacco against the Ravens with the Browns, would be probably the second one you'd look at to go, oh, I hope that happens, football gods. Rams didn't play anybody. They're going to be fresh and ready to go, right? They played nobody for yesterday. Got a good gutty win. Carson Wentz did some good things. They hung in there. They were down 20-7 to and came back. The Lions, on the other hand, played. I did not like the choice to play. To me, the number one goal is to set yourself up to win the first playoff game. Don't worry about, oh, two weeks from now and three weeks from now. I think they made a mistake. Now they're going to be injured. They're going to be missing their best tight end, one of the best tight ends in football. You know, uh, Khalif Raymond got hurt yesterday. You know, Brian Branch got a little banged up. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little concerned with them, but this should be a really, really good football game and certainly got all the uh, you know, headlines to go along with it. Look, I, I don't want to criticize Dan Campbell blindly here. I don't want to just say, well, it was dumb for you to have your starters out there because there was a chance that they could have come out of the day with a number two seed. But in an 
in an era where everyone's so obsessed with analytics, yeah. surely they could have done a formula, a, a, a model, something that would have told them, play your starters or don't play your starters. Crunch all the percentages. What's the chance, realistically, that the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to lose? Right. Because that's on one side. Yeah. And then on the other side, and what's the chance you're going to beat the Vikings even without some of your key players playing? But they claim they've got a formula for everything. They've all got these high-level mathematicians working for the teams now, put together a model that will help the head coach make the decision, do I sit, do I not sit? If you're going to use those models for all these other micro decisions, you should be able to have a model that helps you make the bigger decisions, the broader decisions. What's our benefit? Statistically, as a matter of probability, what benefit do we gain playing these guys and risking them yeah, right. versus not playing them. And, yeah, there's a chance that the Cowboys would have lost and the Eagles would have lost, and they blew their chance at the two seed. But now they're going into this game. Less than 100. Likely without Sam Laporta. Right. One of the reasons why they won the division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th th that, to me, is just the, the main thing there. You know, and, and again, it's a little bit why the Lions are who they are. It's pedal to the metal, go forward. That's why Dan Campbell has changed the culture there in Detroit and who they are. So it is a little bit, hey, we just go All out gas, no breaks. Exactly. They Sometimes you need some that. breaks. Yeah. They got a little of that, right? They could have used the breaks, too, on going for two on the seven-yard line. At some point, you just too. say, I'm right. going to kick the extra. I mean, he's so sensitive about that. At I some point, you just kick the extra point. You got to divorce emotion. You can't. There's time to be emotional. And there's time to be rational. Exactly. And you you can't be emotional sometimes all the he, time. He misses that sometimes, yeah. right? He, he he misses that. You know, we saw the fake pun in a bad spot early. You know, a few weeks ago, I can't remember who that was against. Where he did take the blame and goes, "Oh, that was on me. That was a dumb call." Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, I think the big thing is you want your team to go in as its best self to the playoffs. I know they could have won the two seed, you know, but. Again, it was a Vikings team that still had a chance to maybe get in. They were going to fly around, give their last, you know, big effort to to hope a miracle worked out. Uh, that didn't happen. But yeah, now the Lions are not exactly at full strength. I think it'd be a really fun football game. Certainly, you know, I, the Rams' defense is really well coached. It's not really talented. So I could see the Lions moving the ball up and down the field on them a little bit. But I certainly, the Lions defense, I mean, we've seen Nick Mullins, what, two out of the last four weeks throw for 400 yards on the Lions. You don't think Matthew Stafford and that group's going to be able to throw it, let alone they got the best run game in football right now to go along with it? I think it could be a real exciting, fun one Sunday night for us on uh, Sunday night, NBC. NBC. Ahmed Fareed's a Lions fan, and he's going to have to sit You've already be been giving it to him. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun uh, and a lot more to go. We're going to wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live, right? after this. All right, Black Monday has begun. It began at 12.01 a.m. Eastern with the Falcons firing coach Arthur Smith. Ron Rivera out in Washington as expected. Panthers fired GM Scott Fitterer, and the day has just gotten started. The Commanders made this kooky hire of a basketball GM, Bob Myers, as I've already forgotten. Yeah. I guess yeah. I need to get to know that yeah. name. I, I, I don't understand that, but yeah, I guess they hired him, Rick Spielman, yeah. to kind of figure out how Maybe they're going to hire a wrestling manager. Well, to come they're looking in for a football a team. Is Captain Lou guy? Albano available. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it is a little odd. I don't understand. Football seems to be the one sport where we hire anybody from any practice and go, hey, even though you know nothing about this, come here and help us out. I don't, I don't get it. it. It Look, I know that. Josh Harris has a ton of equity with a fan base that is thrilled to no longer right. have Dan Snyder. But 
I, I think they probably would prefer that he stay within the buoys, at least for the first couple years. If you're going to go outside the box, just get your get your sea legs before yeah, you try you. to go outside I the box. You. National championship, who you got tonight? Uh, Michigan. All right. I'll take go Jim Harbaugh. lefty quarterback. Let's go, Michael Say, Penix. Trey said hi. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.